Today we celebrate the Sunday of Orthodoxy, which is the affirmation of the worship of, of the veneration of icons <clears throat> in the ninth century. Um, I should always tell a story. We should always remember this story about our um, coming to honor and love icons. Um, as our, we were approaching uh, orthodoxy, we had a beautiful man, uh, uh, Bishop Dimitri, come to be with us. Nyla Vista and this kind of funky little, I think the uh, carpet was orange and the walls were green. And he did vespers for us. He put on the wall two icons, icon of the Mother of God, icon of the Virgin Mary. They were about like this big. And of course, at that time, we were a little nervous because we thought any image was a graven image. So like everybody's like, oh my gosh, what's happening to us now? Um, and he said after the Vespers, he said, just leave them there. Just leave them there. Don't, don't kind of judge anything. Just let them be. And then the complaints started coming in. They're not big enough. I can't see them. And then another complaint, we don't have enough of them. So look, look what's happened. That story needs to be told because it really affirms the importance of icons. It was, it was an experience of ours. So I think that that's what I want to share uh, with you about that. And we are at the first Sunday of Lent. And um, I wanted to just share with you a few words from Father Thomas Hopko about uh, the beginning of Lent, because I think it helps us kind of focus in the right directions. He says, the church welcomes the Lenten spring with a spirit of exaltation. She greets the time of repentance with expectation and enthusiasm of a child entering into a new, exciting experience. It's not gloomy. The tone of the church services is one of brightness and light. The words are a clarion call to a spiritual contest, the invitation to a spiritual adventure. You're going on an adventure. You're in adventure land. The summons to a spiritual feat. There's nothing gloomy here, nothing dark or remorseful, masochistic or morbid, anxious or hysterical, pietistic or sentimental. The Lenten spirit in the church is one of splendor and delight. It breathes with ex exhilaration of those girding up to fight the good fight for the one who loves them and has given himself for them for the sake of their salvation. This is Lent. This is an exciting, powerful time in the life of the church. So let's keep that in mind because I think it's very important that we don't Fall prey to that gloom and the idea we're giving something up. We gain so much more than we give up. Um, and then we come to the uh, gospel text, the Lord's call to his disciples to follow him. And we are called that every time we come together, let us commend ourselves and each other and our lives unto Christ our God. That's a continual commitment to follow Christ. And then the epistle to Hebrews, we see these uh, 
beautiful accounts of faith and faithfulness. But um, I'm going to move a little beyond that one text. And the text that follows this, I want to share with you. It's Hebrews chapter, uh, chapter 12, the first two verses. Therefore, we also, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and sin which ensnares, easily ensnares us. Let us run the race with endurance that is set before us, looking to Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. So these words that follow that text that we read in the epistle about the faith and faithfulness of the saints before us, it begins with this. Therefore, we also. Listen to that. All these saints, all these people that sacrificed, and then the writer of Hebrews says, therefore, we also. You. You're in the line. You're in the line. It just jumped out at me. It's like, whoa. It just, it's a small little phrase. You think you just run right by it. But it just commands attention that you're in this line. You have this grace to live these kind of lives. I'm excited about this. Seek first the kingdom of God and all his righteousness. That's our, that's our direction. Ascend into the heavenly places in worship and prayer. Beloved, it's important to see this as not doing this alone, but with each other, with the saints and the angels, to the throne of God, to be strengthened, to live holy lives as we have seen their example. And then we hear these words, surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses. That's all the time, by the way. It's just not when you come to church. You're surrounded by a cloud of witnesses that guides you and protects you. They're examples for us, obviously powerful examples of their lives. How to live the holy life, we see it. We can read about it. We, 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 it's right in front of us. They're intercessors for us. Pray to us, say, pray for us, St. Ignatius. Pray for us, St. Nicholas. Pray for us, Holy Virgin. They are intercessors, and the prayer of a righteous person avails much. But they're also communicants with us. You know, I love this line in the um, Great Blessing of the Water. The Celestials celebrate with the Terrestrials. <laughs> and, the, and the Terrestrials commune with the Celestials. They commune with you. I need to tell you a story about this. It was up in Ben Lomond in Santa Cruz. This one lady walks into the church and says uh, she was homeless, living in a dumpster. And somebody came and 
shook her and said, you need to get up. You need to go to that church. They'll take care of you. And sure enough, she came into the church. They took care of her. She repented of all her past, found a good life. And their church is beautiful because the walls are just surrounded by saints. She was going around the church, looked, venerating and honoring all the saints. She came to St. Mary of Egypt. She said, that's the lady. That's the lady. They commune with us. How many times has that happened that we don't know of? I would say numbers, lots. How many times has your angel been with you? Actually uh, showed uh, himself to you? How many times has a saint actually helped you that, that we're completely unaware of? This is how they work. This is what God does. We're in a kingdom with a king that uses all his subjects to help each other. That's the one. That's the one. So we need to be so blessed and, and, and uh, excited about what God has given to us in his kingdom to strengthen us, to give us courage, to bring humility to us, to give us and teach us love. So let us lay aside every weight and sin that ensnares us. So I want to read again from uh, this Lenten spring, by the way, if you have it and read it during Lent. It's very wonderful. I think it's always good to have some kind of uh, daily reading during, uh, during the Lenten season. Um, okay. The Lenten spring is welcomed by the Christians in the church not as a time of self-inflicted agony or self-improving therapy. It's greeted as a sacrifice Sanctified season consecrated to the correction, purification, and enlightenment of the total person, the fulfillment of the commandments of the crucified God. It's received as a time of battling with evil spirits and blossoming with the fruit of the Holy Spirit. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. These are our goals. It's an ex it is accepted as the great and saving 40 days. The great and saving 40 days. It's set apart for complete and total dedication to the things of God. It's the tithe of the year, which tells us that all times and seasons belong to the Lord who has created and redeemed the world. So here we are at this beautiful moment in our Lenten journey. And we have stuff that we need to deal with. And it, it begins, obviously, with uh, the fast. Uh, and I think it's important to make a decision about what you're going to eat and what you're not going to eat. and How you're going to deal with that. And then begin to look at the other aspects of your appetites that are incredibly important to deal with. Because putting those aside allows the virtues to begin to blossom. What appetites control you? What appetites can you not say no to? Do you have any? Those are the ones. Those are the ones. That, that one, that one, those two right there, those are the ones I need to deal with during Lent. 
Why? Because God's grace is powerful during this season. That's what you need to focus on. What are those appetites? Because they inhibit the virtues. They slow down our, the, the ability for us to express virtues. So my encouragement is to look very closely at that during this season because the grace is there for you to overcome these things and to, to, to begin to get on top of those things that, that, that are now on top of you. And then he says, run the race with endurance. And we hear too from this, uh, from St. Paul's letter to the Romans, this issue of endurance. We glory in the tribulation knowing that tribulation, this is always interesting to me, tribulation produces endurance. Endurance, character, character, hope. Now hope does not disappoint because the love of God has been poured out in our hearts by the Holy Spirit who was given to us. We glory in what? Tribulation. Difficulties. Why? Because difficulties produce endurance. Endurance, character. Character, hope. And hope, love. You're sitting right on the, on the precipice of these virtues. We, 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 we create, in a good way, a, um, a struggle during Lent. We create it. It's an important thing to create that. But it's there to build character, endurance, hope, and love. So, uh, like I say before, we need to see Lent as an adventure. Get out of this thing that it's hard and difficult. It's hard and difficult, but don't focus on that piece of it. Think of it as an adventure. Look at the adventure of it. It's very beautiful. Looking to Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, we are united to Christ, beloved. We are led by Christ. He's with us in all situations. Not one place in our life, not one moment in our life is he not present. So be encouraged. Be encouraged. He's always there. He's always there. All you have to do is knock. All you have to do is seek. Right? Those two little things. And he's right there, right there waiting for you to turn to him. And then he says, uh, For the joy set before him, he endured the cross, despised the shame. The joy set before him, the joy of the cross? Why was the cross a joy to him? Because he knew it was going to save you. He knew it was going to save you. Personally. He knew you. He said, this will save you. This will save all creation. I will fill all things with myself in this. I will enter it, I will redeem it, I will restore it. That's why he was filled with joy. Because of the saving power that he gave to you and to all creation. And then this uh, section concludes with these words. He sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Beloved, this is not 
your home. It's not your home. You're here temporarily. Your home is paradise. Your home is the kingdom. I want to read something from St. Cyprian that will help us. I think it's important to kind of always anticipate this, 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 that when we've been there 10,000 years bright shining as the sun, this idea that we're going to a place, we're on a journey here in this world. This is a short piece of a story written into eternity. We have renounced the world, St. Cyprian says, and living as guests and strangers. You ever feel that way? Look at this place. It's a hard place. Anticipate the day assigned to your homecoming, returning, at, at, returning to paradise. You're in foreign lands. If you're in a foreign land, who wouldn't hurry to re return to his own country? Who, when returning to his, would not want to return to his friends who are waiting for him? Who wouldn't, wait, who wouldn't want the wind at his back? We consider our country as paradise. That's, that's our goal, paradise. And then these concluding words. We think too much of what life is now and not enough of what, what it will be. Our life would be transformed if we threw our hearts over the barrier beyond this world into the kingdom where is found not only our own true good, but the true good of those we love. Oh, beloved. We're on a journey, and it's an important journey, and we're here to make the best of it for ourselves and for all those around us and to, to do better, to make the world is better. But this is not our home. We're journeying to a better place, to paradise. So throw your hearts over that barrier. So God, continue to be with us as we journey this Lenten season. Open the doors of our heart to receive you more deeply. Allow us to overcome those appetites that are difficult for us. We ask your blessing upon us and on your world. Give it peace in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen.